Okay, recording in progress. Wonderful. All right. So as soon as they get back in there, and then um, I'll count down from ten seconds when they tell me we're good, and then I'll look at the camera and I'll do my intro and I'll introduce both of you, and then we can just jump right into the conversation. Does that sound good? Excellent. Sounds great. All right. Okay, we are good to go. Awesome. Um, hitting record in three, two, one. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Impolite Company. I'm your host, Scott Wingeter. The general election is right around the corner. What is America going to do in order to make sure that our elections are safe, secure, and correct? Today on the show, we have our guests, Dr. Shelley Sakula Gibbs, who is our, a former congresswoman here in the Houston area, and she's on the Woodlands Township Board of Directors. And we also have the Texas Director of the Mighty American Strike Force, Mr. Rick Potter. Uh, thank you both for coming on. Well, it's my pleasure. All right. So thank you. why don't we just, yep. So why don't we just start with this question? So tell me about what the uh, Mighty American Strike Force is. Uh, Rick, please. About 22 years ago, uh, George W. Bush was running for president, and there were a bunch of Texans that were asking themselves, how could they help him win the race? And uh, as a result, they said, well, why don't we all buy plane tickets and let's fly to a battleground state where we can walk door to door and encourage people to vote for him, because uh, mm -hmm. that's where the election is going to be decided. And we did that. It has continued now for 22 years. And in 2016, we expanded nationwide and became the mighty American strike force. Uh, we now are in about 35 states across the U.S. and have about 1,500 volunteers. Uh, many of their in the process of preparing to deploy to battleground campaigns, both Senate races, governor's races, and congressional races. And then we also have volunteers that will be uh, staying home, but will be participating in our at-home program, doing phone calling and sending mass texting, encouraging people to go vote. Excellent. And Dr. Uh Sakula Gibbs, you are the Texas director of the Mighty American Strike Force. So what does your role in all of this look like? Well, what we try to do is get uh, teams that are available to mobilize and move around the state because Texas is so big. Um, 20, 20, uh, 20, I was the Pacific Regional Director, mm -hmm. and my, my job then was to get volunteers out of the heavily blue states the hopeless states, but they're really not hopeless now. I mean, actually, things have changed quite a bit. But yeah. back then, they, the RNC will tell us, you know, these we're states, not flipping California. We're not right. flipping Cal or Hawaii yeah. or Oregon. But, but there are places now that are in play that were not in play before. I've so, noticed that the Washington, the Washington uh, Senate, Senate race. race. Yep. That's exciting. That's yeah. exciting. We're within striking distance, and that's insane. Like for for normal politics, you know, that's. Well, it just goes to show what happens when when uh, the elected officials want to defund the police. It doesn't work out. Mm -hmm. So, but that said, um, in 2020, we worked very hard to mobilize the people who wanted to uh, significantly help President Trump mm -hmm. win re-election. There were a lot of them, and so we went to various states at that time, like Georgia and Florida, 
and um, New Hampshire and Virginia and Wisconsin and Michigan and Pennsylvania. Rick has taken teams to Pennsylvania mm -hmm. many, many times, Ohio, uh, Nevada, Arizona. I mean, it just was a lot of states in play, the purple states that, right. that we went to. And people would sometimes go to one state, walk there, make phone calls there, uh, do whatever needed to be done there, and then go to another state. So it, it varies what different volunteers will want to do. But but there's always a good, good connection with the local Republican Party. Uh -huh. We work with them. They give it, they help assign us where we need to be to assist. And I like to say when it was mostly the Texans that I was taking, um, we're here to help whatever we can do. Okay. So uh, real quick, Rick, are we sending people to just block walk and make phone calls and touch base with local like county chairs uh, in the Republican Party across the country? Are we sending people out to be, um, you know, registering people to vote, uh, maybe being election judges? How, how far and deep does this whole process go? We do have volunteers that are helping register voters, and we have volunteers that are going to be involved trying to uh, supervise the actual voting on election day to make sure that we have fair elections. But in addition to that, we have volunteers that choose to deploy. Uh, they will be block walking. Uh, and usually by the time they arrive, most of the uh, we've identified the positions of most of the people we'll be contacting. And we just want to get them to go vote. Uh, we also help manage rallies, which occur usually in the last two weeks before Election Day. Uh, and then for those that are not able to deploy, uh, we uh, have a program called our at home program. And the at-home program, they can help us with mass texting. They can help us with phone banking, uh, social networking, all from, from their own home if they're not able to travel. Excellent. Excellent. And so what I'm hearing is, you know, we hear this a lot that like, oh, well, the left, you know, they're just so good at mobilizing the troops and getting people out there and having volunteers and, and conservatives need to be better at this. And, you know, we don't have anything like that, but what you're telling me is this sort of operation has been going on at least here in Texas for the last 20 years. That's right. Mm -hmm. And Rick has expanded it over time. Um, and recently Rick, one of your great successes was the Virginia governor's race. Why don't you share that? We work directly with it the Republican National Committee. In fact, we, we have a number of members of the RNC that are in leadership roles with, with our group. But we received a call from the RNC about 18 months ago asking if we could help in Virginia. They had not, Republicans had not controlled the Virginia House of Delegates for 12 years. Uh, they had not had a governor, lieutenant governor, or attorney general that was Republican in about that same time period. Uh, we mobilized and we took 150 volunteers for a week to Virginia Beach, Virginia, to Richmond, Virginia. I led a group to Manassas, Virginia, and we were doing walking door to door and we were encouraging people to get out and vote. Uh, and we also managed rallies. And as a result of that, uh, we now have Glenn Yonkin is the governor of Virginia, a Republican. We have a lieutenant governor who's Republican, an attorney general, and we recaptured the House of Delegates in Virginia for the first time in 12 years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and Virginia is, the Commonwealth of Virginia is such an interesting state in politics. Mm -hmm. um, 
those of you who are real big political junkies, because uh, it's number one, it it's always been or it had always been really a red state up until about mm-hmm. what 2006, I think, is when it started to go purple. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. No, that's okay. What kind of dog you got? Well, when it went purple, it really went blue as well. And that was unfortunate. Yeah. I don't know if we've lost Rick or not. No, I think he muted us. Let's Ah. just, we're just going to hit the pause button here. And this is what I'm saying. Like, this is not a big deal. deal. They're just going to edit all this out. Okay, good. Yeah. And then I'll pick it right back up and I'll say, so the Commonwealth of Virginia is just this interesting place, (laughs) right? Are we good, Rick? Give me about another 10 seconds. Okay. I'm sorry. Sorry about that. No, you're fine. It's it's not a problem. Like I said, we'll just edit it out. It'll be like it never happened. Okay. Well, Henry's a Republican anyway, so what kind probably of dog good. Is he was he? Uh, yellow lab. Oh, nice. Okay. Very good. <laughs> I have one at home too. All right. I'm going to count down from five seconds and then I'm just going to pick it back up right where I was, what, what I was saying about Virginia. Okay. So the Commonwealth of Virginia is one of these interesting places, uh, especially for us political junkies out there. You know, I think, uh, number one, when we go back and look at how the races in their uh, state have changed over time, you know, 2000, 2004, it was a very red state, voted for George W. Bush. 2006, that congressional race where, you know, that midterm election where it flipped from the Republican control over to the Democrats, it started to go blue. And then 2008, 2012, it voted for Barack Obama twice. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it, I think it's voted blue in the presidential race since 2008. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also interesting because it's one of those off year elections. You know, it's an odd year. You know, it's always uh, 2019, 2021. They're having these elections in Virginia for these statewide races. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's kind of, I think, a very good bellwether uh, to see sort of what where we're heading. And for us to have, and by us, I mean conservatives, have captured and flipped this, the House of Delegates and, you know, the gubernatorial race uh, as well, that that is showing America where I think we're trending here. And Mm -hmm. that's super important. And so thank you guys for the hard work there. Uh, I'm sure the people in the Commonwealth of Virginia thank you as well. Um, Another race that uh, we helpful in that was a special election we do special elections too Mm -hmm. and this one was remote and it was the one that was in california rick that um mike uh, garcia mike garcia he was a veteran and he was a really solid candidate but he went up against a um a seat that had been held in california now held by democrats for quite a while i think that the uh, candidate was new to the seat because the reason it happened is the uh, the incumbent had to resign because mm-hmm. of uh, impropriety in Congress. It was no. a, a woman, a woman named I think her name was Hill, and uh, she was misbehaving. Oh, in the I office. remember this. Yeah, yes. she was very naughty, and uh, <laughs> and so then they had to come up with. Was this a swinger? Uh, I, I guess more or less. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. And so okay. she, um, they had to replace her, and then um, Mike 
came in and very strong campaign. And what we did, what the Mighty American Strike Force did is we were able to do this at home campaigning. Mm -hmm. And um, so what I did, and I'm certain and many others too, is we just worked on our, we worked on our uh, computer and we made a digital call off the computer Oh, nice! and that worked very, very well. I'll give you a little sample when, um, you know, most of the time people don't pick up, but you'll leave a message. Mm -hmm. Right. And one time when I was leaving my message, I will say things like at the very end, I'll say, God bless you. Mm -hmm. And um, before it disconnected, I heard a little voice that said, God bless you too. <laughs> and I thought, you know, that's such a good sign. Yeah. And we won that race. That's awesome. It was. That's good. It really was. So let's take a look at what, I, you know, I've been, I've been tracking the polls um, and mm -hmm. let's start, I don't know, you guys want to start with the Senate or the House? What do you think? I would well, say I the Senate. We should start with Texas. Oh, I was going to say. Oh, that's Texas a good House. point. I mean, the House in, in Texas, okay. there are four House mm -hmm. races. Right. that um that are in the valley yes or in the san antonio included mm -hmm. and i think those are very very exciting because we got some seats because yep. of the redistricting right. you know in the census mm -hmm. so texas came out pretty well we, we might have deserved three but we got two and um so rick has been pushing people down in that direction so you want to give him a summary of what's going on sure we have four races that we're focused on in texas that are congressional races uh one is Cassie Garcia. She's running in Congressional District 28, which is Northeast Bear County, and also includes Selma over to Laredo. I think Floresville is part of that. We also have yeah. Myra <laughs> Flores. I'm sorry. Yes. No, I was going to say, uh, let's, let's, let's examine this. So the, this is Henry Coyer's. Cuellar. Uh, Cuellar, yes. yes. I never say that name. I apologize, uh, Congressman Cuellar, Henry Cuellar's seat. And he's a moderate Democrat. Yes, he he's mm -hmm. a pro-life Democrat. Mm -hmm. So his own party despises him. Right. One of the last, I dare say, quote, liberals uh, left in the Democrat Party. And, in you know, the, and the, the leftists line, are trying to. Yeah, in you know, the line of JFK. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And mm -hmm. and uh, I, he he narrowly defeated once again his uh primary, primary opponent, opponent who's scary like, just like uh aoc right but uh miss flores um is well then she's not running in this one this is cassie garcia oh my bad no that's okay, okay. and cassie garcia yes. worked with um on the uh, staff of um senator cruz yes cruz. Mm -hmm. right so go ahead rick mm -hmm. what's up with, what's up down there we also have we're involved in Myra Flores's race. You know, yeah. she ran in June in a special election, but then, and she won. And in fact, we made 15,000 mass texts that we sent into her district, encouraging people to vote for Myra. And after she won, she had to turn right around. And now she's running for a two-year term to fill this vacancy that had come up. And it's, it's a more democratic district than the, the district she ran in the special election. So, it'll be, but we also feel like she's getting her name established and has a, a really strong name is helping her in this race. Well, that's uh, and, a difficult race to do there. Um, I, I mean, if only I had somebody that I could talk to about uh, that sort of position. <laughs> was that hard? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, it was, but I think that uh, what's good for Myra mm -hmm. is that not only do people nationally now as well as locally know who right. she is and know that she's a very strong very solid representative mm -hmm. she's she is 
I mean, she's wonderful. Yeah. She speaks mm -hmm. her mind. She's passionate. She's young. Her husband is a border patrol agent. Yes. And guess what? The hot topic is in that area. Border. It's the porous border when and the disaster that Joe Biden has perpetrated on this nation. So, mm -hmm. Rick, I think she has a really good chance because a too. lot of people are, are very upset with the Democrat Party. Yes, uh, her, her district I, runs from Brownsville over to Harlingen and to Kingsville. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, um, I'm I'm very active in uh, Montgomery County. Uh, Republican politics. In fact, I'm one of the I'm on the advisory board for the Montgomery County His, uh, Hispanic Conservatives of Montgomery County um, PAC, and you know we we're seeing that trend not just you know here in Montgomery County, but along the border, as you said, but it's nationwide where Hispanics are really starting to question their allegiance to the Democratic Party, which they've traditionally held. And they're coming over to the GOP. And it's because Hispanics, by their culture and their very nature, are conservative, you know. And mm -hmm. I, I think that she has proven that she can win this, of course. But I think that if I mean, if you held a gun to my head and said, who's going to win this race? I think I think she's going to maintain her seat. Uh, what's your opinion on that? I agree with you. I think she's run a great campaign previously and she didn't miss a beat. She's turned right around and starts running to hold on to that seat long-term. And I agree with you. And remember who really welcomed her so warmly mm -hmm. to the house of representatives. And that was <laughs> speaker Pelosi. I mean, she just opened her arms yeah. and then gave her a shove. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Get out of here, kid. You know, that was dumb. That, that was, that was, so insulting yes and i think that the people in her district they're they know that yeah yeah i yeah. think so too um okay so we also Texas. have a race another race uh monica de la cruz is running uh in cd15 from seguin down toward McAllen and floresville and mm -hmm. she's running against michelle vallejo who's a democrat very good and so I'm, I'm, I mean, obviously, I think that the Texas delegation to the House of Representatives is going to remain Republican. But I think mm -hmm. what you're telling me is, especially with these Hispanic ladies that are running down along the border there, that we're going to even strengthen our numbers uh, in the state delegation. I, I believe we are. Um, and we're also, besides these congressional races, we're working on focusing on three uh county judges races in texas that we think are very important one is in harris county uh one is in yeah. dallas county and the third is in fort worth and tarrant county um and we have a lot of people that are not able to travel out of state but they want to help in those three counties well i think it's a good time here to say the website rick yes it's, yes it's at masf mighty american strike force masf.online and you might say, why do you have online? Well, it's because we're a volunteer organization. We pay our own way. Right. Um, occasionally, we'll have some, some help and we'll be able to offer scholarships to people who can't travel on their right. own and pay for their own hotels. Uh, but most of us pay our own way. And so we couldn't afford calm and online, sure. I mean, calm and uh, org. So we had to go with online, but and, it works. MASF.online. And now I'll put that at the bottom of uh, our uh, show notes as well. So that people can go to that. So just scroll down at the bottom here uh, and, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll make sure that the people get directed to it. 
they want right. to help. That's great. One of the questions I get asked sometimes is, do we really make a difference? Yeah. Um, I, I always think back to one story. I think I've told it to Shelly several times, but uh, I was in Pittsburgh in 2016 and we stayed up till three in the morning waiting for the final results to come in when Trump won that election and yeah. got a little bit of sleep. And the next morning I'm heading to the airport and my phone rings and it's a gentleman who I believe is the top Republican consultant in Pennsylvania named Jerry Morgan. And he said, Rick, I'm glad I caught you. And I said, well, sorry, I didn't get to say goodbye before we headed to the airport. He said, I don't think you know why I'm calling. And I said, well, I guess I don't, Jerry. Why are you calling? And he said, I've been up all night long analyzing the results in Pennsylvania of this election. And I'm absolutely convinced that if the mighty American strike force had not been here for the past 10 days, that Trump would not have carried Pennsylvania, which yeah. I think also indicated how the presidential race came out as well. That's huge. And, uh, you know, maybe some of my audience doesn't know this, but you know, I'm from Erie, Pennsylvania. Um, and my entire adult life, once I started paying attention to politics, Erie County's never gone red in any mm. presidential race uh, in my entire lifetime. I think uh, going all the way back maybe maybe I, they went red for reagan both times um mm -hmm. and then i don't even i'm not even sure in 88 if they went red for bush um i know pennsylvania didn't um so you had bush clinton clinton bush bush obama obama all democrat the entire time that's my home mm -hmm. my hometown right there and erie county went red in 2016 and i'm fairly convinced that it went red in 2020 um you know if you discount the unconstitutional mail-in ballots uh and you know if youtube wants to ban me over it be my guest you'll just help out my show but you know it violated the pennsylvania state constitution that is mm -hmm. not in question um read it i'll uh, put a link to that in the bottom here too uh but I grew up right along the airport there and Trump held a rally in Erie at that airport. Mm -hmm. People were lined up for like three miles trying to get into that rally. And you're going to tell me that Biden with his 25 people that came out to his rallies beat him in Erie County. I don't think so. You know, so that's why this is so important. What you guys are doing here. Well, it's also important to note that, and I know Rick, and I talked about this before, after the, I will call it the debacle mm -hmm. of 2020, you know, we, we got together and we said, you know, okay, what, what happened? What happened? Cause we were, we were motivated. We were, had volunteers at more than I had ever seen before. Mm -hmm. People were so excited to help president Trump. And like you said, rallies were outstanding and I didn't think there was any way we were going to lose some of these swing states. But when we went to Georgia, and, and I have not been to Pennsylvania, mm -hmm. so I can't speak to that. But when we went to Georgia, I told Rick, and the same thing when I went to Michigan, and the same thing when I went to Arizona, I'm not seeing any Democrats on the ground. Mm -hmm. Where are the Democrats? Normally, we see them, we crisscross with them, you know, you see them in their white vans, because mm -hmm. they're usually very well funded. And so they have <laughs> a lot of their volunteers are, are, are sucking up all the vans that are available. Yeah. And so I said, there's something going on here. There's something different. I can feel it. 
there's something mm-hmm. different about this election. And lo and behold, it was the mail-in ballots. Uh-huh. When I was in Georgia, and I told Rick this too, and anybody who cared to listen, I, I was in my hotel room and there was a news anchor or newscaster who came on and was at a homeless shelter. And he said, we have evid- we have uh, noticed that 3,000 ballots have come from this homeless shelter in Savannah. And he said, we're here to find out what's going on. Sure. And so he walks in and there's a director who was expecting him of the shelter, the homeless shelter. And he's, he looks around, there's no one in there, you know, it's yeah. empty. And he's the uh, fellow who's doing the reporting says, sir, is it possible that 3000 mail ballots came out of this address? How could that happen? And the director look is sitting, he doesn't even stand up. He looks up and he says, well, we let people use this as their address so that they can, you know, receive their benefits and potentially find a job. Everybody has to have an address. Sure. And that makes sense. And the fellow says, but 3000, is that possible? What's your capacity? You know, and the fellow just looks at him like, not answering any more questions. Mm -hmm. It was very bad. Mm -hmm. And we knew that this was going to be a different election Mm -hmm. than we had ever faced before. But the legislatures around the nation have figured that out. Well, they should have known that this was coming. And this is my beef with all of these state legislatures is because, and this is a topic that we were going to discuss, is they have the plenary power in the Constitution to decide their elections. And if they think that their election codes have not been followed, as in the case is very clear in Pennsylvania, as an example, they had the plenary power to just say, nope, this is what we're going to do and vote. And that was that. And that would have been how it should have been handled. But I digress. It hasn't been. But we need to do a better job educating our state legislatures to to understand that they have a role in that's spelled out in the federal United States Constitution when it comes to running elections. It's their enumerated power, if you will. It's, it's their plenary power. It's their job. Um, so, all right, I'll get off my soapbox now. <laughs> but, I agree with what you're saying. Um, so tell us where um, the the major non-Texas focus is, is going to be this year mm-hmm. in states. Um, we are focusing on Georgia, North Carolina, New Hampshire, Pennsylvania, Ohio, Wisconsin, um, Arizona Nevada. and Nevada. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So those swing states, if you guys go to real clear politics right now um, yeah. and look at the set races, those are the races that are the toss ups. Um, yeah. And I, I, well, actually, I think Ohio has actually been moved over recently to uh, leaning Republican. And I think North Carolina has as well. Um, but real clear politics thinks that its projection is that the Republicans will pick up two seats and hold the majority with 52 um, to 48. Um, What are your thoughts on that? My thoughts are, I hope they're right. Uh, We should take nothing for granted. We've got to work until the last vote is counted in this election. We cannot take anything for granted. Pennsylvania in particular, you know, Pat Toomey, he's retiring. 
he's kind of I've never really been impressed with somebody like Pat Toomey I mean I guess he you can count on him to vote on like common sense conservative stuff but I would have liked to see some more conservative uh we'll have to see if uh Dr. Oz if he gets in there and I hope he does you know uh does a good job but this John Fetterman guy drives me crazy have some class look lieutenant governor fetterman i know you probably don't watch employee company but if you happen to see this like get some class bro all right stop campaigning in a hoodie for goodness sake you're trying to become a u.s senator wear a tie you know it just it drives me nuts Uh, i agree with you i I can't believe that they're even seriously considering him on the ballot no, I mean, he's a God bless him, but he's he appears to be more medically fragile than President Biden. I mean, I don't want anything bad against you know the, the guy, but, you know, you just suffered a major stroke back in January. It's clear that you're not recovered yet. I mean, for mm-hmm. your own health's sake, don't run for Senate right now. But even mm-hmm. when he was fully functional, he mm-hmm. was a disaster. Right. Yeah. So. I don't know what they're hanging their, their hopes on, except for the fact that they've got a machine that Mm -hmm. like many of those States where there are a lot of unions who are very powerful, Mm -hmm. they have a machine and that's what you have Mm -hmm. to watch out for. I read an article yesterday that came out. I think it was on real clear politics and real clear Pennsylvania uh, about um, how we are even in some of the suburbs around Philadelphia and Pittsburgh, uh, Philadelphia, the Republican uh, voter registration is outpacing the Democrats two to one. And in Pittsburgh, really? it, yeah, in, in the surrounding counties around Allegheny County in Pittsburgh, it's uh-huh. uh, 60 to 40, uh, 60% uh, to 40% with, uh, with the uh, voter registration. So well, I- if you want to take your vacation time, Scott, <laughs> and go with Rick to Pennsylvania, to Pittsburgh, right? You're going to Pittsburgh. Yeah. Taking it to, to Allegheny County. Very good. They need you, right? Because he's <laughs> absolutely. A so we can, yeah. That, that, that's very valuable to have somebody like yourself on the team. Right. Well, we are almost out of time here. And um, I know there's a whole bunch of other races. I know as it appears that we've concentrated on Pennsylvania and in Texas, but I think we're in good shape. I, I think we're going to flip Nevada. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. not sure about, I think we're going to get Georgia back. I think we're going to maintain Ohio. I think we're going to maintain Pennsylvania. I think we're going to maintain Wisconsin. Um, but the best way to make sure that that happens is how, how do we, how do people get involved? If they want to go out and help y'all. If they'll go to MASF, dot online they can sign up right there give us in one minute the information we need so that we can contact them and and place them on our team to deploy with us and they can also make contributions so that uh, we can raise money to help provide scholarships to people that want to deploy but they may need a little assistance and they can stay home and do the the uh, home team effort Mm -hmm. that we have what do you call it again it's not home team it's called the at home Team. At home. Yes. At home team. Yes. So that works really well. In fact, what in 2016, I had almost an entire brigade out of Arkansas. That was the at home team. Mm-hmm. And we were, they were calling in to Florida and I was working <laughs> every day and, and they were so excited. One fellow who was a realtor, he turned his whole office, you know, a lot of phone mm-hmm. call phone stations in a realtor's realtor's office 
and he had people day in and day out making phone calls. That's and nice. I would tell, tell them, make sure you tell folks you are not paid, that you are a volunteer and you're working for President Trump and um, Senator uh, Marco Rubio. And I would say, and you tell people we need, we need them to vote for both. Mm-hmm. because of the Supreme Court. Yes. And that worked. Very good. We have people who want to deploy somewhere, but you'd think that they may want to go somewhere close to their home, but we found that not to always be the case. Sometimes we have volunteers, they want to travel somewhere they haven't been before. The yeah. most incredible example is uh, we have a team, uh, the strike force in Hawaii and in 2016, they chose to deploy somewhere other than Hawaii. No one can ever guess where they deployed to. It was New Hampshire. Uh, yeah. Not, mm, hard pass. <laughs> I've never been to either, but if you gave me the choice, I'm probably going to take the Hawaii. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Well, thank you guys both for everything that you do. Uh, I know it's super important for our country. This election cycle is, in particular is super important that we win. We're going to lose our republic if we don't at least get back the House and the Senate. And I think we're in good shape to take back both. But you oh, know. we have to because they're going to destroy the filibuster. Mm-hmm. You know, they will bring in more states. Yes. We don't need any more states. And with those two maneuvers, yes. And packing the Supreme Court. Yeah, that's my biggest fear right there is packing that court, you know, especially after this last session. You know, this, you know, they're so extreme. They look at history and, you know, take into consideration what people meant when they wrote things down, whatever. Uh, but yeah, they, the, the court, I think, is um, their primary target and we need to protect our republic. Uh, so it's super important what you guys do. And, you know, my audience, please, there, there's a plethora of ways that you can get involved. We're not asking you to pick up, uh, take your vacation time and, and go all the way across the country. Getting involved and making phone calls is just as helpful. Um, and so whatever we need to do, that's what we, we need to do it in order to save America. So thank you guys for, for the mission that you do. And hopefully, God willing, we'll be able to make, uh, you know, take back the House and the Senate this, this year. So thanks, Thank Dr. Shelley Sukula Gibbs, for coming on the show. And, uh, you know, Mr. Potter, uh, Rick, thank you so much for coming on board as well. And we'll have to have both of you on again, maybe after the election to see uh, what the results were like. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. That's going to wrap things up today for this episode of Impolite Company. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to Impolite Company, presented by The Doc Line. If you like what you heard, be sure to rate our podcast and leave a five-star review for us.